I'm Amy Mongeta, and this is Conversations with an Email Guru, a podcast dedicated to helping startups grow their businesses through best-in-class email marketing. Every single week, I'll be talking to you about email strategies and best practices to help you understand, develop, and exhaust your email channel to reach more customers. You can do this, and I'm here to show you how. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 10 of Conversations with an Email Guru. I'm your host, Amy Mongeta. In the spirit of the crazy times we're living in, I wanted to start weaving in how we open back up. And to do this, I am really excited to chat with a small business owner, Jen Burris of Ivory Closet, a niche woman's clothing boutique located in Memphis, Tennessee. In today's conversation, we're going to hear how Jen had to pivot her marketing tactics when COVID abruptly hit and how she's preparing to open back up, especially since she offers a brick and mortar location in the heart of Memphis. You're going to really enjoy this one. Let's jump in. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Jen. Thanks so much for taking the time. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I am really excited to be able to jump straight into the trenches with you as a business owner. Um, I guess working to navigate this transition back to normal, I'm sure it's been an emotional roller coaster. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's been insanity. <laughs> uh, lots of ups and downs. Uh, roller coaster is a very good way to put it. Yeah, we have a ton of um, listeners right now that are almost completely forgetting what it was like before the whole COVID um, pandemic. So I guess we can just start off by having you tell us a little bit more um, about Ivory Closet. Um, in the pre-COVID times, like what made you guys unique? So this is what's really funny. Uh, I actually purchased the company in October of 2019, oh. which is the very end of 2019. So there was a normal before I acquired the company. Um, and then once we did the transition and I purchased the company, we went straight into the holidays and then straight into COVID. So I'm probably, I don't know that there's, there was never a normal for me. It's been, you know, straight chaos the whole time. Oh my gosh. That is wild. Yeah. That's wild. Um, so I guess, um, what, what made you acquire ivory closet? So I was in the music business and I did some, you know, I'd kind of gone to the extent that I wanted to go with that. And I wanted to tra transition into the fashion world. And I was hand making my own pieces at the time. And I have a very good friend. Um, she's an incredible human being. She came to me and she said, Jen, you know, I'm, I'm ready to sell my clothing store. I've been doing this for, you know, she'd been doing it for like eight years. She had franchised it out. At one point there were like seven locations and she was just like, I'm tired and I want to go back and get my doctorate. And I'm just like, I'm not passionate about this. And I see your passion. And I jokingly say that she Willy Wonka'd me. She, <laughs> we, you know, it was definitely one of those, you know, she trusted me. She trusted um, my ability to kind of take it in a creative direction. And it was a, you know, she had built the foundation of this company 
up over an extended period of time. And so I thought it was an, an incredible deal. You know, we have essentially a turnkey operation, one that's profitable. Um, you know, there were an enormous amount of structural changes that I wanted to make to it. But I was like, this is a really good foundation. What an incredible place to start. And, you know, part of it is it came with uh, the ability for me to have my own clothing line. Mm -hmm. And that was just what sold me. I, I, I've always, you know, I had gotten into my head that I wanted to have my own clothing line and just hand making everything. And, you know, it, it was became a passion for me. And it just seemed aligned. The stars just aligned on it. And so we were like, this, this has got to be it. Okay. Well, that's super interesting. So before we talk about, you know, your uh, dream, then jumping right into COVID, tell me about how the holidays were. Did you find any certain marketing tactics um, worked for you, you know, to draw um, people into the store? Like what were the holidays like before the March of 2020? Yeah, I know. I, I feel like we say that like doomsday. You know? <laughs> it, we were so ignorant and, you know, naive back then. No, uh, but I, yeah, I, you know, it was very, it was busy. Um, we didn't make too many structural changes in the beginning. So we were just essentially running Alexandra, the prior owner's uh, model. We were running her business and uh, we were doing what she was doing. We were using the email lists. We were using social media. She was actually still, she was contracted in to help us for six months to make a smooth transition. So she was actually a big part of that project too, or a part of that process too. And she's a local influencer. So we were using influencer marketing, um, social media and emails uh, to be able to reach out to the customer base. Okay, great. And was there anything in particular um, you found um, helpful to kind of bridge the gap between, you know, the, the online email and bringing them into the store? Was there any sort of promos or any sort of nuggets that you were able to uh, find success in? Yes, we were. I mean, we would always run little custom deals in the shop and, you know, we have, she had, we have one location and we were able to sort of make it very personable because I kind of a local personality too. So we had Alex and, and myself in there being very personal with people, letting them know when we'd come in and uh, be able to style them and really, you know, pulling people in, in that aspect of being very personable. And that worked for us. That's, uh, that's amazing. Okay. So you're living the dream and then COVID boom, yeah. it's like March, 2020, <laughs> um, walk us through some of the pivots that you had to make in order to adapt, um, pretty quickly. Yes. I mean, it happened so fast. There wasn't enough time. I mean, I remember calling Alex, you know, when things really started to get scary and I, I called her, I was like, Hon, you wouldn't happen to have a con like a pandemic <laughs> contingency plan, would you? And she was like, honey, I'm sorry, no. And, you know, I was looking to my husband as well because he had owned businesses prior. And I'm like, I don't know. Do you have any advice for me? And he's like, no, I don't. And I'm like, crap. So really what we did was actively day by day, looking at the market, looking at shifts in the market, looking at the economy. Uh, which was just such a, you, at one point we realized, look, um, there's not too much we can do for our segment of the market, specifically within our demographic with where we are. 
you know, the demand shifted so quickly for what we had to offer that we were like, we're not going to be able, able to fight that. And so what we did was we did pivot a little bit into some homewares because the first thing I thought of is, God, everyone's stuck in their house. Let's do candles. Let's do, you know, pivot it, you know, as far as what we offer. We started selling these needlepoint uh, pillows with funny phrases on it. And people loved it because they just, you're stuck in your house and to have a little bit of sunshine for your home that was one of the ways that we were able to do that. Obviously, you know, we were trying to hit a little heavier with online sales in the beginning when, before we realized, look, um, you know, there were a few things that made my decision to say, look, what I think the best thing that we could do is cut as many costs as we can lay, lay as low to the ground as we can. This isn't going to last forever. Um, you know, we can't fight, the absence of demand. Mm -hmm. And I think that it will rebound. And I think what we should do is, you know, trim the fat, cut the costs, lay low. Don't try harder to sell that for one. I had a moral conundrum about, look, there's some serious stuff going on in the world right now. And, you know, I feel bad telling people that they should, you know, there was almost like, I feel bad trying to sell to people right right now. And, you know, especially within the community, we're such a, I was like, I don't want to seem insensitive. And there was a lot to think about. And we just, I made the hard call to sort of lay low and be patient. And that has paid off for us tremendously now. But that, to do nothing, to just accept it. It was like almost accepting your fate and to not try harder just to go, this is what it is right now. And we have to go with the flow. We know that it's not going to last forever. Be patient and just kind of accept the reality of what's happening right now. And, you know, it's paid off for us in the long term, but that was the hardest thing to do. Gosh, that sounds incredibly difficult because probably day by day you were just doubting, am I, am I making the right deci- decision? Like th- that seems very much like a, a, a very hard decision to make, but it sounds like it worked out. Um, yes. One thing I'm curious though, when you say you kind of laid low, um, did you do any sort of outreach or how did you feel like um, you tried to maybe retain those customers that you had worked so hard to, to gather in that real, um, store to store kind of feel, you know, I took a more, it's funny because I came from the music world and I kind of took more of an entertainment approach to it for people that like fashion. And I wanted to make funny videos for them. I wanted to, you know, show them how they could, when one day I encourage people to clean out their closets and we've got all this time. And, you know, we did a, you know, encouraging people to still get up and get dressed. And because there was seemingly, I mean, because there was also a lot of, you know, uh, socially, a lot of stuff happening. And I think to try to just be like supportive and still be creative and still give, you know, I, I took less of a sales aspect and more of an entertainment aspect to how can I take people that still love fashion, maybe show them something they might have in their closet, show them different ways to tie a scarf or, you know, try to keep them engaged, re, you know, still exist in the realm of fashion, but not be salesy or pushy. Um, and that, yeah, that was just the approach that we took. 
Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, one of my, I'm, I'm such a fan, especially with email when it comes to email of, you know, not always thinking that every single email you send has to be a promotion. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, what about the education we can offer our customers? Um, so I love that you did that. Do you feel like, um, just because you were sort of taking this new, um, let me show you how, let me entertain you. Um, I'm, I'm almost 100% certain that you gave them value. Did you find that you're, you had some more online sales or they were engaging with you still um, through that non-salesy approach? Yes. I mean, I think that I don't know if it was appreciated <laughs> exactly <laughs> or, or, or people kind of caught on to what we were doing. I'm not sure, but we did. We we were doing really well in the online sales. What's been interesting is, you know, they've lifted the mask mandate here in Memphis. And wh- since they have done that, we actually saw, you know, a massive dip in our online sales. Everyone is wanting to get out. I mean, we, it's like Christmas every day. You know, I think that it's more like people are so thirsty to be personable, you know, that it's, we've, you know, since things kind of improved, you know, our online sales have kind of gone down since then. And I think that almost, it's funny, we've had a lot of people, and I think from the entertainment approach too, come in and they're like, you're Jen. (laughs) I love that. It's been very interesting, you know. Uh, I'm like, yes, they're kind of in a way of like, you're the person that was, you know, uh, trying to be funny and at least be a bright spot in the whole thing. You know, it's been, it's been interesting to see the customers who I think connected through that. Uh, what a cool story. So just, um, just seeing your, your pivots were, that's like outstanding. And I, I love a story where you can create a brand that that's based around no real sales tactics. Like that is just the coolest I know, thing ever. It's so crazy, right? <laughs> I love well, it. Yeah. And they're, well, they're probably worked. spreading the I, word, right? You know, we've almost, you know, we've been, it's funny because we went from like, you know, it being an absolute famine to a feast. So now the problem I'm having right now is having to figure out what to, you know, how to keep my inventory and how we just went from the opposite issue. So it's, I don't, it's just been wild. That is, that's incredible. So yeah, so I'd love to hear now. So right, we're starting to see things reopen. Um, people are getting excited. They get to go like in store again. But I assume that, you know, I, I understand with what you said, you know, you had a very personal shopping experience. Yes. Do you think that you're going to sort of merge that online in-store presence? And, and what are your thoughts in, on doing that for the future? I think my... Per- Honestly, subjectively with our business model and sort of what we do, what we do is offer something that is very personable. And I would like to have more website growth in the future, but I think that really our meat and potatoes is being able, you know, for someone to walk into the store, we've got our own clothing line in the store. They, the person who created that clothing line can sit with them, talk to them, pool sizing for them, um, you know, that makes it, I, I like the, the personal aspect of it. It's something, you know, there are online companies that I can't compete with. I just, I don't have the infrastructure. And, but what we offer, I think is something different, something that people will always, 
you know, desire, if there's one thing that I learned in COVID and good Lord, I would online shop just to keep myself sane. But we, you know, I, I kind of realized a lot of negative aspects to online shopping. Gosh, you have something that looks really good in a photo. You get it. It fits awkward. You know, it doesn't look right on me. It doesn't look the same as it does on the model. Then you have to deal with sending it back and working with, you know, um, the customer service department and all that stuff. But what we offer is when someone comes in and if something happens, they talk to me. We don't have a customer service department. You know, I enjoy being able to handle having my hands on almost all of it and being able to make it very personal. And I think that that differentiates us. And um, yeah, I, I enjoy being able to sell online and we were selling all over the country, you know, uh, but I, I think one of the things about COVID that sort of shifted my perspective is how important it is to interact with other people. Yeah. And, you know, that is something that I really, you know, treasure being able to do now. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's really just hearing you, you, cha you chat just recently. One thing that I feel like I learned a lot with, especially working with a lot of e-commerce companies is, you know, when you're solely online, you actually sometimes completely forget what it would be like if your store interacted with people one-on-one. -on -one. Right. These, yeah. some of these e-commerce companies, it's like you get an email from them a few times a week. It's always a new sale. And you just get to the point where you're like, Oh, I don't even know if I want to, you know, like, I don't even know if I want to pay attention anymore. I, well, the other part to me is I'm thinking of, okay, you know, what is the probability? It's almost like gambling at this point. It's almost like, you know, what's the probability that what I actually order is going to, yeah. going to look right on me. And, and you know, um, which I'm not hating on e-commerce. I mean, I feel like, gosh, you know, a lot of people truly love it and prefer to shop that way, you know, but I think in some strange shift for me personally moving forward, I think that having the ability to really engage with people, I think that, you know, uh, I have a newfound uh, appreciation for that. I think that's, yeah, that's such a good point. I think that, you know, e-commerce companies listening to this episode, though, can also try to, you know, shift their perspective on how they can be a little bit more human. Um, I yes. think some yeah. of the things you brought up were totally valid on how important it is to have like a true relationship, especially your point of like, you know, we can send you to this customer service department because what you actually bought wasn't at all what you thought you were going to buy, but like you get to be that point of truth. People can come and like touch and feel those things in your store. And the beauty is, is if they leave, they might be able to still get it online if they want. So you kind of have right. the best of both worlds in some cases. I mean, I think, you know, and truly one of the things, you know, obviously we do want to sell online, but I think also it, it almost serves as a catalog because coming within the store itself is a, is sort of an experience. Like for, I mean, this is ridiculous, but this weekend, we are doing a, a thing called Shots for Shots. I literally made these gorgeous jello shots. Oh, with, <laughs> with they have glitter in them with a little piece of the, the edible 24 karat, the edible glitter, edible 24 karat gold. They're glamorous, they're so cute. And, you know, people come in and it, there's an exciting atmosphere about being there. It's almost like you're shopping, but it's kind of like in someone's closet who you're also partying with. I don't know how to explain it, but. It's, a, it's an enjoyable thing. I mean, even in COVID, we would, when we had opened, reopened, but weren't 
you know, people were still wearing masks. We were having people drive from other states. I'm not joking. Wow. Drive from other states to just come in and sit and hang out in the atmosphere. Wow. That's and cool. I know. It's, I, I mean, that is just, I think that it's an enjoyable, you know, and, and to be able to take, give that to people, but also have the online shop be where they know what they're going to get. If you've never been to Ivory Closet, you take a look at the online store and you get a good idea of what you're going to find. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. I, th I think that's like, that's so cool that you've got that dual experience. Um, I, I think it's, that's amazing. Um, so to just to that point before I, I mean, I definitely want to have you give advice as our closer here, but just one more question. Um, yes. you know, how, so right now, do you have anything on your website? Like, are you um, capturing email addresses on the website too? And then are you able to leverage those to bring people in store or how does that part work with your, with your marketing? I'm just curious because yes. I'm assuming you're getting people from all over the place that might not be local. And so how do you sort of balance that, bring the locals into the store, but also ensure that I've got email going out to everybody else? Yes, we have two ways that we do that. Um, on the website, when you click on the website, you'll get a pop-up and it offers a discount um, if you enter your email in. And so that's one way that we capture emails. Uh, another way is at the point of sale in store. When someone makes a purchase, we, we either grab their email at that point or we'll encourage them to give us their email. We also are paperless. So any oh. email, any receipts are either texted or uh, emailed. And when we do that, we have, you know, our pool of customers that we, we don't bother them. We don't berate them. We do let them know authentically when we have any set. We just have a lot going on uh, yeah. enough to keep a steady, you know, bit of information going out. But when we have new arrivals of the clothing line, um, we just keep them informed and look, we are having a sale and, and, you know, that generates, you know, um, the foot traffic or, you know, people going into the website and making purchases. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. I was really thinking that I know a lot of, um, I get a lot of questions all the time about just having a better, you know, segmenting their database better, right? And you have a yes. perfect example of like needing to know your segments because you would hate to invite your, you know, your whole, um, your whole database to a local event that's happening in three days if, you know, right. you've got people that are on the other side of the world. Right. So. They're in New York or, <laughs> yes. you know, California or something. And we're like, come to our shoe event. And they're like, we don't, care about that. <laughs> uh, I mean, Hey, but, you, you did say that people have been traveling to your events from other States. So, you know what? I mean, we, I mean, and see, that's, what's funny is, yeah. I mean, cause we are at this corner where we've got people we're coming in from Arkansas and Mississippi and, you know, uh, even sometimes like Missouri, you know, coming in and wanting to see the shop and, uh, a lot of times, you know, I'm in, especially when I'm in there and we get to kind of be hands-on and 
and work with people. So yeah, it, I mean, you never know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe someone will come in from New York just to hang out in the shop. I doubt it, but we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And maybe you're one of those destination spots now where they're like, well, I'm going to buy online, but if I'm ever in Tennessee, I'm going to go and uh, <laughs> go stop. Dude, that's on. the thing. That's, you know, that was the ultimate goal is making it not just a store, making it. Yes. It's like, if you're going to Memphis, you got to go to this place because yeah. it is funky that people are fun. Our, our staff, they're, they're amazing. And, you know, you don't feel like you just walked into some store in a mall or in a strip mall or, you know, it definitely feels like you're in, you're in someone's, you know, something that they really truly care about and have built with a lot of care. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So what advice would you give other small businesses that are, you know, heading back into this newly reopened world? Um, they're probably working really hard to get new customers, but also keep the ones they have. So what right. advice do you have for any kind of small business that's, you know, gotten through the, the end and we're at the end, how do they recoup? <laughs> it's funny. I don't even, I don't even know if I'm like, you know, should be giving them any advice, you know, as far as, you know, I, I think just listening to your customers and, you know, I think still, it's still super important to be watching the economy, watching any shifts in demand because it is changing so much consistently. Stay sharp with that, uh, you know, and just make sure, I, I mean, I'm really honestly still on my toes frankly. You know, I don't feel like I'm out of the woods yet. I think that, you know, I'm, like I said, we went from, you know, sort of a drought into a flood and, you know, I'm still on my toes with figuring that out for myself as, you know, how, how can we adapt uh, to, to the changes in demand, whether they're good or bad, you know, and, and right now we're still having to adapt. So adapt, 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 and, uh, you know, try to educate yourself as much as possible on, you know, what's, what's currently, you know, stay current with what's happening in uh, the economy and, and uh, within your, I guess, you know, industry, your subjective industry with demand and, and that's the best I have. Yeah, no, that's great. And I also think um, if I was to say one thing again from this episode, it is that the way that you handled and shifted with your customer base in, in this like very painful time was something we can learn from too. It's like, how do we continue to humanize right. our businesses, even if we're not able to actually come in contact with these folks live like you? Yeah. Yes. That was great. So Jen, thank you so much for coming on today. Where can our listeners connect with you if they have any questions? I'm sure you're on Instagram and all that good stuff. Yes, we are Shop Ivory Closet on Instagram. And then if you have any personal questions, you can email me at jen at ivorycloset.com. Again, you know, I really enjoy, you know, if you have any direct questions, I mean, I enjoy uh, being able to answer. Well, thank you again. It was wonderful to have you on. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. What a great 
perspective Jen was able to share. I wanted to really challenge all of you e-commerce companies, especially to pick up that human element in your email. It was really interesting to hear Jen's perspective being a brick and mortar location to really talk about how sometimes when we order things online, we're so focused on, you know, taking those perfect pictures and getting the images on our website that sometimes we forget that that's maybe not how it's going to be received by our customers. And so um, in addition to that human element, it was really interesting to hear Jen's tactic of being less salesy and more educational, which is a perfect example on how brands need to do better job of making connections. And connections do not just come from promotions. I think there's a ton that we can incorporate in our email programs here. So if you have any questions for me, reach out to conversations at emailgrowsociety.com as always. And until next time, happy emailing.